0: Welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Barclow, we're live. Well, we're not live. You just look, you instantly got yeah. petrified, dude. Yeah, I need more prep if we're going to go live, live. <laughs> yeah, your eyes just look like a... My, like my, an, my handler's get a little uh, nervous. <laughs> like an alley cat with a pack <laughs> of dogs coming around the corner in an open alley. You were like, what? Live? Yeah, you're nervous enough just doing... This is going to be a video podcast, so if you're listening, uh, it'll be available at the Knock on Archery YouTube channel. And just so you can reference it, it will be podcast 236. Uh, This is going to be a pretty awesome podcast, I'm certain. I mean, you never want to speculate a podcast. I'm certain it's going to be good because we just spent the last um, day and a half doing some videos, which will also be on the YouTube channel uh, shortly, taking... The three different packs that we utilized last year through several different hunts and taking those packs and breaking them down into how um, we mainly did how you load yours. I chimed in with modifications that I did to mine, but we talked about these three packs and how we loaded them specifically for three different styles of hunts. One being um, just kind of a, a short range pack. With the possibility of an overnighter, um, then we looked at a pack that's a multi-day pack, but probably leading up to maybe three, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you could you could actually probably make it longer if you, as long as you were like somewhere we could catch fish, or you know, if you whack something on day three and had to stay longer uh, for the pack out portion, and then <clears throat> a late season full pack in, and really the only thing that made it the late season version was the layering. You could easily not have those layers and do full pack in with that setup. Um, just, you wouldn't have to have the outerwear that you had probably for sure. The rain gear side of things, but on the layering side, some of the puffies in that, you know, for glassing, you wouldn't need to utilize. So if it was probably, if it was earlier in the year, you could easily take in enough for two people with one pack to do an earlier season hunt, and then have someone go in with an empty pack to where you'd be able to come out. I mean, you know, both you guys. I would think.
1: Yeah, good weather, and yeah, you could do four or five days easy with that. I mean, you can do ten days with that pack um, if you have the food. Yeah, if if you if you pack it right, but it has the capacity for it. Um, yeah, the you know the the packs are kind of three different packs for kind of three different scenarios obviously we had to pick narrow it down for the videos we did yeah so you know we just picked a couple scenarios we walked through and went through all the gear and they were you know what you and i would you know normally take but obviously people have the option to there's a few missing elements you
0: know we didn't have like a gps in there or we didn't have paracord or you know some people take a a pan in there, you know, Mm -hmm. some minor stuff like that, that was missing. Um, I'm a more, I'm, I actually would focus on an extra layer. I'd rather use some room for an extra layer of, uh, of like my, my core layer, my very, you know, my closest layer and probably socks. Those are two things that I'm pretty passionate about, like changes my comfort level. Yeah, 100%. But see, the reason you know that and the reason I know what works for me is
1: because we've done it a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, and you have that experience. And, you know, if people don't have that experience, then, you know, this may be a great place to start as a reference. But then, you know, I always encourage people, like, go figure it out for yourself. Like, some people get colder quicker. You know, some people don't. I don't actually have to eat a lot of food when I'm out there. Other people, they have to eat two and three
0: times what Mm -hmm. I eat. So, you know, you have to figure all that out. I can eat once a day. What's funny is I eat a lot when I'm not hunting, Mm -hmm. but when I'm hunting, I honestly, I can honestly say I feel more consistent if I'm not eating. I'm the same way. I feel like, let me eat once at night when I'm like, when my mind's not thinking about, you know, did you bring your freaking release? You know, did you leave your quiver laying next to the practice butt you know i'm like i'd rather not be thinking about making food cleaning up food getting it put away you know it's like give me two things a snack on during the day two bottles of water and i can see you at night i would be pretty happy i mean if i have one peanut butter and honey sandwich i'm real happy <laughs> <laughs> but i can do pretty good that way but some people they really need that that fuel all day long But let's back up a little bit and talk about specifically these three packs and um, what kind of features you built into the packs. Um, It's going to be a little bit difficult for those of you listening. You're not technically going to be able to see. So we'll do our best to describe key elements and describe what we're talking about in our packs um, and things that we have. And you'll just have to use your imagination of, what pocket they're talking about and i'll do my best to, to try to remember that some of you are only listening to an audio podcast so i'll say you know okay the pocket we're talking about right now is on right hip mm-hmm. or the pocket we're talking about right now on the 2700 or the two pockets you see when you look directly at the back of it there's two vertical pockets that run high and low um you know well, or main compartment or removable hood i'll try to try to remember to do that and uh but I think first talk about just the packs you know why you did these specific three sizes and why you picked the materials that you did because I know you well enough to know you've always got a backpack in your truck yeah all you always yeah. do right mm-hmm. and so you're constantly trying these things you've got really specific reasons for that. And then maybe I'm throwing a lot of stuff on you, but, uh, maybe back up even better, more better than that. Prepped. Yeah. Yeah. Have some of that. We have a, I don't have my Yeti cup right now. Cause I know some people don't like the tinging of the ice, <laughs> but there will be ice and there will be a slight drinking noise. So if it annoys you that there's any type of food or beverage involved with the podcast, I apologize, but there's going to be, um, you probably should back up and just assume some people don't know you as the cat man Mm -hmm. and your background, even in the pack side of things and Mm -hmm. just start why, you know, and why, (laughs) you know, there's a few people I would say in our industry that I would definitely listen to a hundred percent in this field. I would think maybe three or four, Mm -hmm. you're definitely one of them. So go for it
1: um yeah so let's you know back up a little bit uh just on my background so you know some folks may know but you know i was in the military for 26 years and out of that 20 years um you know i was fortunate enough to teach uh special operations guys basically how to um live and survive and move through the mountains like super efficiently right and so you know, to boil that down to its basic form, take tactics out of it. It's essentially backpacking, Mm -hmm. um, add the weapon component and it's kind of like hunting, um, just maybe a different species, but you know, there's a lot of similarities, a lot of things that you can draw from that. And, you know, so for a a long period of time, I taught, you know, thousands of people, um, you know, how to go and live in the backcountry unsupported. Mm -hmm. And so you do that with a backpack on your back and, I think it was back in 98, um, real fortunate to go to a summit essentially. Um, and at that summit was some of the best pack manufacturers, um, in the world. There really weren't hunting specific packs back then. Not that, not in the, not in the sizes and shapes that we're talking about. Um, but a guy named Dana Gleason was there who, um, people may know is now the owner and what I call the mad scientist of mystery ranch. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as far back as 98, I was able to have access to those types of people, you know, learned a lot. Um, but at the same time, we're working with these manufacturers to develop packs. But then more importantly, I think, is the in in the field time. So mm-hmm. not only on myself and experimenting on myself and, and, you know, other instructors who, you know, I would consider high-end users. But also, you know, seeing thousands of students with varying levels of experience when it comes to this type of endeavor yep. um seeing what common mistakes were seeing what you know how we were communicating things and maybe what wasn't interpreted correctly and all these kind of things so you know and then you just over time taking that experience i rolled it into my hunting experience you know i've done you know lots of you know week-long plus um you know solo hunts you know the last one i did in alaska was a it was a seven or eight day, I can't remember, maybe it was seven nights, something like that, but, you know, unsupported hunt on the north side of the Brooks Range, so that's like 250 miles or something like that above the Arctic yeah. Circle, you know, for, for sheep, and it was kind of my last year on Alaska, and, and uh, any, anyway, so that's, you know, that's kind of my background, I'm not just, you know, I didn't just get hired from this and go, yeah, I know backpacks have, you know, shoulder straps and waist belt. so. You I know, wore been, one in school. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> so, um, anyways what you see here with with this mountain hauler series there's there's three different packs um the largest of which is the mountain hauler 6200 so we came out with that last year and that that pack is really um intended like we said for week-long 10-day you know unsupported backpack hunts obviously if you're in inclement weather which you know could be you know, I'm really kind of more referring to cold weather where you have to carry a lot of gear. Like, that's the pack, you know. But it's got a large capacity, 6,200 cubic inches, a lot of features specific to, you know, the expectation is we're carrying elk out of the mountains or yeah. something like that. Um, that's the largest of the of the three. The, the middle one's a mountain hauler, 4,000. So, that is a brand new pack for this year. So, 4,000 cubic inches um, actually, you know truth be told it's it's forty four hundred and fifty cubic inches um but you know i always like to uh, under promise and over deliver um to me this Mount hauler 4000 is like the western hunter's backpack and what i, I mean that. by that is yeah you can go out for the day you can day hunt with it um you can you know compress it down enough so it's just a nice day pack but if you do kill obviously that's all what you know we're out there to try to do is to you know harvest an animal um, you have the capacity to haul meat out of the field so yep. you know both those packs are rated to 150 pounds um, which means you know the foam densities which i'll talk to you about in a minute and you know different handles and straps they can handle really heavy loads if you pick them up and move them around um, the the third one the smallest of the three is the the mountain 2700 and that's really um, a great day pack it's a pack that you know you're probably going to use like for me i use that pack year-round so mm-hmm. I train with it um, i scout with it I hunt with it I'm not really a shed hunter but you could go shed hunt with it you know just those kind of things it's a great day pack and you could pull an overnighter um, if you planned it or maybe if you didn't plan it but there's enough room in there really not a um, there's really no expectation that that you would carry meat out but you certainly could if you needed to like um, I think it was last year or the year before you know a buddy carried a you know an antelope off the off the prairie with it um but um but w- what they all share is um a, a few things so one of which is um the waist belt the shoulder strap the back panel those things that kind of make a pack comfortable mm-hmm. um, there's three different densities of foam so those are things you know a consumer's not going to see because obviously it's it's covered up with a, a stretch mesh but those three densities are really important they provide structure uh, especially under heavy weights. Um, they provide comfort. They provide durability. You know, the foams aren't going to wear out, but that's a really kind of more advanced type of construction. Um, the other thing you notice about the suspensions is the waist belt and shoulder straps, they're curved. Like they're, they're contoured. They're already contoured. Um, and why that's important, especially when you're carrying, you know, heavy packs, we talked about it yesterday, but if you have a waist belt that just kind of lays flat and you have to kind of Bend it so to speak and force it around your hips to to be in that shape Um, you have different pressures you have different hot spots and you know it just isn't going to be as comfortable as it could be so again having those um, curvatures built in there really help it already contour to your body and just kind of provide that that great fit and then the last one Can is to step in. Yeah, no, go right, go right ahead.
0: You know one me, I'll just ramble. <laughs> one of the things that I like to explain to people in relation to the shoulder straps and the waistbands, um, really on anything that I've that I wear, is if you ever try to take tape and wrap a you know a a piece of tape that's one you know two dimensional shape, you know it's wide, it's long, but it's flat. And try to wrap that perfectly around a pipe or something that's tapered. What happens is you have all this excess slack, you know, because you're, or what, or you have to corkscrew it all the way down, you know, and it, but it's not the same. It's not, it's not two circumferences that are the same. And that's the same with our body shape versus these backpacks. When you have these straight flaps and you try to curve them around your hips, which are contoured they're, they're not only contoured, but they're also tapered. What happens is where, where you start that tape is you know, it's tight, but then obviously as it's tapering, it's very loose on the other side. So you start to get these spots where the pack fits really good in one place. And obviously that's supporting the bulk and that might be 80%. And then the other 20 or 30% is distributed out around the rest of the, you know and that's just talking about your waist when it comes to your shoulders it's the same but it's not it's not just the same all the time because sometimes you're wearing more layers than others Mm -hmm. and when you have the backpack straps that are perfectly straight and they come out and they're not shaped especially for me because I feel like my shoulders are wide I just feel like I've got the strap just digging into a very specific part of like my collar Mm -hmm. area versus like the mass of my shoulders being able to support that load back and then when i'm cinching down the chest strap which i think is super relevant personally i use it a lot when if my shoulders are getting sore if i'm carrying stuff a lot and i'm kind of feeling you know i suffer from from migraines that are tension activated so i i purposely if i don't have to i purposely like a pack where i can put a lot of the weight on my hips mm-hmm. and the front of my chest most of the time. Mm. You know, that's just how I mm-hmm. I cinch down really high, really tight on the top of my my pelvis, and I pull the chest tight. You know, across you know right across the center of my chest, and I almost feel like it kind of lifts um, those up a little bit. And with these packs, they were super comfortable. Um, I didn't use the sixty-two. I used the yeah, 4,000. the 4,000 last um, year. And I thought it fit me great. And honestly, I'm someone that normally is kind of hard to fit because I'm not in that, I'm not in the average. Yeah. Because no, I'm, I'm a little all. bit taller. I'm, you know, my shoulders are wider, but the thing that's hard for me is when I find something to fit my shoulders, it doesn't fit my waist. Because, you know, I'm not like, mm-hmm. I could probably have a double XL shirt, but you know I could have a large waist you know so it's I feel like I drop two sizes as I as I come in narrower but these things the way you shaped them they're really comfortable especially for you know I shouldn't say especially but for me being athletic I noticed a big difference Mm -hmm. well the details really matter and especially when you're carrying
1: you know heavy loads which you know in our case last year last few years has been elk Um, we were trying to add it up but I think I think the mountain haulers just with me you Andy a few others like I think five bulls got carried out of the field last year um I remember how many I did
0: between well well then I left you and I went somewhere else too yeah you did and oh and then I went to Joe's I think I think in 40 days I did nine bulls okay so uh, yeah for some reason seven but i wasn't with you the whole time so Did you so you were part of seven i was part of five but i was i know maybe about it seven. was seven yeah, yeah it it might have been seven but um. it was for the average guy if someone's successful <laughs> a single person if someone's yeah. like if someone just goes off the ratio of like success rates that's a pack that's worthy of a ten year hunt cycle yeah you yeah. know someone that's hunting ten years three of the ten you're probably gonna Maybe not do so good, um just how it is, so that was a lot i mean that was a pretty good one season yeah, test yeah no it was a great test, and um you're kind of slow
1: over here, I'm you know I've been top you up. I've been with Sitka almost five years, four and a half for sure a little over and uh but when I got to the company, you know I started working on the the pack that became the the mountain hauler sixty two hundred so you know four and a half years. Three and a half years to get it to where it launched. Um, you know, four and a half years to get the whole thing going. So, you know, a lot of a lot of field testing, a lot of time, a lot of you know, just carrying rucks at launch up and down mountains mm-hmm. and different weights and things like that, and getting on different people. But, but yeah, all those details they matter. And the the two haulers, which when I say mountain hauler, um, the hauler portion is really it's built um, with features to carry um meat out of the field yeah. and it's built with features that carry like in our case heads right elk yep um but uh but those frames are adjustable so they're not only adjustable in the torso up and down which is you know i won't go through it right now we have those videos but you know you can adjust vertically the torso length um but you're also you able to grab one for the
0: for the camera for yeah, those you're watching anyway you're if also you're able to YouTube, uh, you'll be able to see this
1: you're also able to change out the waist belts so if a guy like you guaranteed is going to be an extra large shoulder yoke yep um but you're going to be a medium large waist mm-hmm. so which you have two sizes we do just to and then we can customize from there so a guy like you you know you could order an xl to get this yep. and then say but could you please put a medium large waist belt on there yeah and so we can do that and i think that's why you're able to get those better fits yeah um you know, I'm kind of a guy, you know, I'm, I'm big, but I'm kind of right on that verge of being able to wear either one. Um, but it's really important again, when you're carrying, you know, heavyweight, you're carrying it for long periods of time, you know, you want to have a pack like this for, you know, a long time, you know, yep. years. Um, so you want it to be able to, you know, grow or shrink with you, you know, um, you want it to be able to go over different clothing layers for different seasons and different hunts and different, you know, uh, environments. So, um, but yeah all those things all those things matter um, on the 2700 what's interesting about this one so this is the day pack so this suspension is fixed which means this doesn't move up and down and none of these components are are uh, interchangeable but you know for a packet I I'm calling this pack rated to 45 pounds which means you know I would routinely carry this with 45 pounds I think it's more than comfortable you don't get any crushing of the foam, things like that. Can it carry more? Sure. When I I'm feel like it, I
0: carry more when I'm when I'm rolling in with full camera gear for white. T- like yeah. For so full you always sits. talk about camera gear, and I don't ever carry it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To get a picture of you is to get a picture of Bigfoot. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but uh, l- let me uh, let me finish this point because I think it's an important one. So, um, but because you're not carrying a lot of weight, you know, you don't need all those adjustable features, but you know, we did notice that, um, the, these were not fitting some of the women field testers we yeah. had, even though it's quote a day pack. Um, so we actually have a mountain 2700 women's version. Yeah. And, you know, there's been a lot of, 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 work done by other companies, our company. Um, but just, you know, the, the different angles of the, of the waist belt, the different shape, the cupping is a little bit different in the waist belt. Obviously the way the shoulder straps are, are routed to go around a woman's upper body and then you know it's also a the, it's fixed but it's just a shorter torso yeah. length so mm-hmm. um you know we wanted to we wanted to maybe start there and and just see what the adoption was yeah. but um you know some women would be able to wear Show the, the that haulers, adjustment but quick while
0: you you'd started down that route pick it up yeah
1: so um yeah, you drop. would pop you would pop this center buckle
0: even if you just show them where it's at yeah yeah and then you
1: and then you pull up on this uh you pull up on this cam lock and then you're able to move the yoke up and down to get the proper size and what's nice
0: about this too is where you move where you move that up the loop the loop is actually um it's embroidered embroidered in to the size so it'll say like large medium so you can actually mark it with the sharpie you know if it, say you have one pack and you know you might wear it sometimes and you know maybe you know your kid uses it another time you can actually mark your exact spot and yeah. be able to reset it yeah which yeah, i think's good it's quite you know it's, it's quite easy to adjust uh,
1: the three things the three kind of um, we'll call them core design tenants you know you have to have like what is this thing we're trying to accomplish um the three design tenets were: i wanted to make these things simple to use uh intuitive to use and then functional to use so simple to use in any kind of weather condition adverse environment you know you kill a bull down in the bottom of a hole or you know a mule deer at dark and you have to get it out you're in bear country whatever it is or it starts to snow you want this thing to be simple to use you don't want too many moving parts and bells and whistles um, you want it to be intuitive. So the intuitive part, you know, we talked about it in the videos, but, you know, when you when you kill and you need to start loading up meat and hides, um, you deploy these straps that are all Sitka orange. Yep. And so you don't have to worry about, you know, man, all the straps are black or they're all green. I don't know which one goes where. It's like, no, this strap is orange. It goes to this orange strap connected to this buckle. And so that just
0: helps you you know if you're running kind of on uh once you go to once you go to pack mode you you essentially take you know we'll talk about this you take that meat kit out of the internal sleeve and when you unroll it you know it, it it has a pouch to hold the meat but those straps are orange and inside the pack itself there's buckles that are orange so you clip you know where to clip those in. Um, and then you also know, um, you know, once you go to like tie on, um, to do, if you're going to mount like, you know, a full set of full elk head or moose head on it, you actually have the the antler straps that allow you to tie those on. And it's pretty easy to understand where to attach them because the color is, is totally different. Yeah. You
1: know, so many times, um, you know you're out there you you get something down you get everything packed up and obviously the you know the head's laying there or say it's a a bear you have a bear hide and you're like now how am I going to tie this on you know and you're like man did I bring enough 550 or did I forget it or you know and it's like no it's a hunting pack so we wanted to provide things specifically to kind of address that problem and then again making it orange is more intuitive um the the functional component is really a matter of you know, we, I wanted to make sure there was enough length on the straps that if I had a glove on, that I had enough to grab it with a glove, that I had handles where handles should be. So on the 6200, there's a handle at the top. I love that. Kind of like here, right, which is fairly, that's fairly intuitive and functional. Mm-hmm. But when you have a big pack like that, you know you may be going into the field on you know an atv a boat a float, float plane, plane like whatever
0: where there's some pilot like in the far back and you're exactly. having to stuff this thing through a dinky little window Yep, yeah, exactly so on the 6200 because
1: it's bigger assuming it's going to be heavier you know we actually have a handle that deploys out of the bottom so you can just pick this thing up like a duffel bag yep. now and load it in and out of all these these uh modes of transportation so you know just try to make it real functional in that regard um the, um, the fabric, <clears throat> you know, it's, it, it doesn't seem sexy, but you know, the fabric, it's like, we just didn't want to do kind of the norm in the industry. Um, I wanted to, I thought through it and I'm like, I want something that's not only a little bit water resistant. So if it's raining or snowing, I don't immediately have to, you know, have a, uh, a rain fly or a pack cover, um. So it's water resistant, but also, again, the expectation as a hunting pack is we're going to be carrying meat out of the field, you yep. know, and it's bloody. I mean, it just is. And so I didn't want a pack that immediately stained out with blood that I couldn't wash off. I mean, the stains are one thing. Yeah, that's maybe a badge of honor for people, but that thing starts to stink. It starts to soak into some of the textile. You know, actually, believe it or not, it starts to rot out some of the thread and the fabric. And yeah. so, you know, I wanted something that was pretty much highly water resistant and blood resistant so that you could just hose it off maybe you know use a scrub brush and just wash the thing out hang it up dry it and it should be good to go
0: again so well the one thing that you didn't talk about in the videos which i was thinking the whole time is you know for andy's for those bulls that we shot in montana i mean dude andy and i were between the two of us were we 200 miles on foot before we got Andy's bull oh yeah between the two of us yeah um so we were 200 miles on foot and my day pack I wore every day <laughs> like you might worry about what your pack smells like when you you know after you throw yeah. some quarters in it but when I'm when I'm like sweating on my straps and on my lower back for a hundred miles mm-hmm Day in, day out, day in, day out. Um, I think it's relevant to just the ability to to just keep your pack clean overall. Just the ability to wash it, um, just re- reduce scent contamination in general. I actually power washed mine at a car wash mm-hmm. when I when I pulled in to do my truck. I just took my pack out, put that thing where it says mats, and mm-hmm. just. Clamped it right on the sidewall oh, okay. and just yeah. power washed that sucker <laughs> right out. Just just blasted it. And uh, it worked awesome, you know, to be able to to get it. And it's still, honestly, it, it probably looked better than when I remembered buying it. Because <laughs> by the time I had to wash it, it really, really, really needed it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's important because that was one of the things where I asked you. I'm like, hey, the material, you know, it seems it seems like overkill um and you know you could have picked a material that was probably softer but you know for the application that you're using which you know if you get into the whitetail packs
1: no they're you can't even hear them (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yeah. but these are very specific to you know i would say um i would definitely say well for sure western game i definitely think there's some eastern game applications for it mm-hmm. um, but there's a very specific reason why the material is what it is and you've reinforced it in certain areas that yeah
1: so reinforcements have 450 uh, denier nylon um, that's patterned in just in kind of key wear areas again the yeah, hold that up uh, for those watching um, we'll show see. you yeah i think you can see it you can see it on this one, just because it's slightly different shade. But it's right, a, right here, it's patterned down because the expectation is if I lay this in the bed of my truck, it's going to move around. So 450D here. And
0: having your bow out there, exactly. you know, if you're on a four wheeler and it's jiggling around. Yep. Where you all set the, it on the ground. All the
1: bottoms of the packs have it, and then all the, the, bottom the, the bottoms of the waist belts have it. So just you know, try to try to keep it as light as we could, and you know also make it durable so there's always that you know when you're developing something there's always that fine that fine line of you know are you meeting the expectations you
0: kind of prioritize things and you start at number one and you just start knocking them out um one thing i didn't ask you about or i should say two because they're both relevant i've had some packs that were really good and buckles where i've been cinching and just freaking snapped a buckle mm-hmm. And if the wrong buckle breaks on some packs, like they're useless, you know, especially like the side cinch ones on like, especially my whitetail packs where I'm carrying tree arms all the time. I've busted one of those and it's like, you know what? It seems stupid, but this one little male end of a buckle has made this pack irrelevant to me. So for that and also the zippers, I love the Sika zippers. I love this. It's like, it's a a good zipper but it's super simple for the attachment and the fact it's not a metal ring on there that constantly drove me nuts with packs that i used in the past that had a metal uh, a metal on metal connection yeah these are awesome you got shrink tube that's shrunk down so you don't end up losing that pull tab and it's also quieter so i mean that's one thing i haven't asked you about what was your kind of thought process on that
1: yeah it's kind of funny we we joke you know in the product development space that you know we have people that have been doing this you know 25 years I mean some real long-term pros and I, I just laugh I'm like how many days do you think of our combined lives we've wasted so to speak figuring out zipper poles? <laughs> <laughs> like you cannot believe the amount of time like you could make a, a really nice one that costs five bucks each which yeah. is impractical you can make some ones that just fall off as soon as you, you know, you pull on them or yeah. you throw it in the washer. I mean, it, it takes, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it seems like a simple thing, but it's not. So all the zippers um, are YKK, which is, you know, the best zipper manufacturer for these products in the world. Um, but they're called closed crown. So the top of the actual part that slides on the zipper that hole there is is um, it's a complete um, closed loop. So some it of them doesn't have, have the half open yeah, end. some can of them bend have little up. half open end, and you can pull the cord out, or they'll they'll break, they'll twist. Um, so they're all closed crown, and then um, I'm guessing because I don't remember right, but it's like two and a half millimeter cord that's um, you know tied in a knot. It's burnt ends together, and then we went the extra mile and then put shrink wrap over the top so Mm -hmm. that does a couple things like as goofy as a zipper pull is um one that cord will never come untied now yep but also it gives you a bit of a tactile feel especially with the glove or if it's wet that you you have a positive kind of grip on that um and then most of the zippers on these packs that are exposed are uh they're called aqua guard zippers so you know water resistant the expectation is not that we could uh you know you'd go diving with this pack or or anything but you know pretty highly water resistant zippers to kind of go along with that fabric yeah so we try to think of everything
0: and then what about buckles oh yeah like what's what's uh, this is one of the things that i don't have any background or expertise in so i'm just kind of curious like the the buckle universe is that something that you can go down a rat hole for years down to
1: yeah you could go to a you could go to trade shows all these things in the industry are called trims but you could go and you go to trade shows trims and just look at trims for more days than you ever care to right there's probably <laughs> enough not enough alcohol in the world to <laughs> make me want to go there more than one a day but but you can find some really cool things so duraflexes are the buckles we're using and i won't remember the exact model but you know quite frankly uh in the past some of the packs we had in the Sica line we were not known for having durable buckles we just weren't and that's just a fact and that was one of the things I wanted to resolve when I when I did this project Um, we went and looked at a bunch of buckles Duraflex was really the only ones I was interested in because I had had such a good history with them from the government Um, there's one grade of buckle that's a lit that I don't want to say stronger but it's 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 bigger, it's heavier, so by default it's a little bit stronger. Yeah. But these are the these are the strongest buckles that Duraflex makes outside of the military buckles or buckles for the military. Yeah. So the first thing I did when we started looking at these is I literally took that buckle, put it on the floor, concrete floor and hit it with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I just like, well, let's Total just, let's just start from the beginning <laughs> and right at caveman era. Yeah, exactly. And um, but ah! you know the the little things <laughs> the the little things when you look at these buckles is you can you can take these buckles and literally just pull them um, all deep, the way apart damn, dude. right and they'll go right back to normal holy crap and they'll you just impressed
0: in. me right there i'm like that's, that's you're what live you, you're going for this I'm, full going, spread, I'm going full live. spread
1: eagle it wouldn't be the first time i I've, I've done that so you know full, but that but that was full the spread ex- eagle that was the expectation with the
0: buckle that was pretty awesome
1: now i'm not telling you that you know you can't break a buckle because you can break any of the buckles if you you know try hard enough at you know big horse steps down with you know a horseshoe on a rock i mean you could figure out a scenario but <laughs> but for the most part you know these yeah. the expectation is this has got to be durable because if you break a waist belt buckle and you got a hundred and some pound load and you gotta yeah. carry it out three four miles yep dude you're screwed yeah like you're gonna have a really miserable time And you're going to call me, and you're going to tell me how much it sucked. I've cut
0: holes in packs and just freaking tied the stupidest knots to try (laughs) to get something to work. Because one dumb buckle broke. And and as soon as I look at it, I'm like, I want to see if the one next to it will break, but I'm afraid to. But I realize, like, it's one of those things, man. Sometimes in the... Manufacturing world, it's like you make the best product in the world, but there's one little, you know, it's the saying: "You're only as strong as your weakest, weakest link,", link. Yeah. and that's that's it, man. That's like that's the the thing. It's like, okay, we're gonna have this pack. We're putting all this time into it. Are we really not gonna research the zipper?
1: Mm-hmm. Because well,
0: if our zipper sucks and that thing breaks off when someone needs to get in that compartment or zip it shut, like if that i've actually had the zippers like you're talking about the open end where i've had the metal break off it was actually on you know and and i don't want to um it was on a badlands pack and i remember they had like a rubber grabber on the zipper which was i thought was nice but i remember going to zip it and this was this was back early badlands i'm sure if other people had this issue they've addressed it by now so You know, I don't want to say anything. I can't say that that's how it is now, but this is going back 12 years ago. Um, But I remember breaking the zipper, like, right at the end of that rubber piece, kind of where it was in the circle to fit around the open end. It snapped right there. And then now I've got my main compartment, plumb full of meat, and now I have to take the other zipper, like, 300 degrees around the pack mm-hmm. with, like, trying to finagle meat. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what is going on? Every single time, I've actually had bad luck with packs. I told you about my very first hunt in Montana for elk. My very first elk hunt ever. It was, like, late 90s, maybe. Uh, didn't have, like, a necessarily a backcountry pack uh drove out to montana pulled into i'm pretty sure i went to like i want to think it was called like yellowstone gateway sports or something Hmm. back in the day but i went into this thing looked at packs obviously you know western packs aren't cheap you know but there are some that are just so everyone knows um (laughs) It was a tarantula one. I remember that, and I bought it because I'm like, you know what, this thing's light. It's like way less money. I put it on my back. I'm like, this thing fits pretty good. It had like a plastic pack frame type shell. Dude, <laughs> that thing sucked so bad. I might as well have had one of those little shoestring <laughs> packs that people wearing in and out of the locker room. It, you know, As soon as I pulled on it, freaking broke as soon as i like tried to load weight on it it just like the contour just went to a whole different shape and i'm like what am i supposed to do with i just realized really fast you know um i realized really fast what not to do and i've done something stupider than that um this goes back to and I think this is important because I, you know, I like, I actually like my stupidity to help people not make mistakes. So I continually talk about when I miss targets, when I, you know, try to buy a hundred dollar pack, you know, it might not even be a (laughs) hundred bucks. I was on a budget, you know, had five days vacation driving out West, you know, I probably thought, okay, if I get this pack for 65 bucks instead of the one for 200 bucks, I can buy, you know, three extra meals or something. You know, who knows what I was thinking. But uh, one time I pulled into a store. It was when I first got my permit... When I got my very first permission on a place to whitetail hunt. I got permission at this place, so now I need a tree stand. And this is back when, like, I could I could scramble up money to have a tree stand. You know, and I'm looking to pick... Here's this farm, you know, I, I think it was about about a 250-acre farm, and I was trying to find one <laughs> stand location, dude. I mean, have you been there? Like, have you, have you ever been there? Where you're? Oh, just, yeah. Okay. So, I'm trying to pick one stand. I go in, you know, I buy a stand, which, honestly, later in life, uh, my best friend at the time had he almost died on the same stand, you know, going to seat this chain-on stand, trying to seat it in. The weld broke on the chain. He's, like, 20 foot up. I'm underneath him, you know, another stupid move. Straight underneath him, like, yeah, dude, that looks really good right there. Yeah, you'll have a good shot to the food plot and stuff. And he freaking goes to seat the stand. The freaking weld breaks. Stand just comes... Freaking like a rocket down this tree, bark flying. I'm trying to bail out of the way so I don't die by a solid steel, <laughs> shitty welded freaking stand. Meanwhile, he freaking is athletic enough to oh, wow. bear uh-huh. hug a tree as he's falling down it. Damn. And freaking digs in and stops <laughs> about 15 feet up, bear hugging the tree, no safety belt. I yeah. mean, like, this is the stuff. Well... So I'm looking around. I ended up buying one of those stands. By the way, at the time I didn't know that they they failed, but uh, you know, if you're buying a if you're buying a welded chain on stand for like forty bucks <laughs> at like your local hardware store, uh, probably not the safest thing to do. But so I bought this stand and I thought I started looking at tree steps, <laughs> screwing steps. And I was looking at I was looking at some, and I'm like. Man, those are those ones there, freaking three bucks a piece. I'm doing the math, like, well, I'll probably need 15 of them, 15 times three. And then I was like, gosh, man, that's kind of expensive. So I started looking around.
1: More expensive than a stand.
0: Yeah, started looking <laughs> around and I and I see some other steps, but they're not, you know, they're not quite as long. But I see some other like screw ons. So I'm, I'm looking at them, and they're 99 cents. So I'm like, well, I'm just, get, let's see if I get 15. Wait, I can get two stands and I can get two sets of these oh, screw in steps if I don't spend three bucks on the 15 or 20 steps, if I spend a dollar on steps. So I do that, go out, have all my gear, go out early season, see the tree I want, cl- clear all my lanes, everything. I'm pumped. You know, here I am, who knows, 15, 16 years old screw this first step on the tree, screw the second step, two feet higher, screw the third step. You know, now I'm like, you know, seven foot, eight, six, seven foot high on my step. So I'm thinking now I need to get on step one, two, and three and screw in four, five, six and kind of work my way up. I step on the first peg and like, I didn't even get to push up. I was just holding on the other two steps. They were barely as wide as my hand. I gr- step on it and I mean I literally just bent it flat to the tree like a like a paper clip. And I'm like, "What the freak?" So I'm like <laughs> mad. Uh didn't swear back then, so I I promise you I did say what the freak. Backed this thing out. Backed the other two out. Went storming back to the sporting goods store. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I want my money back. These freaking steps suck. And the archery manager looked at me and goes, those are bow hooks." Did I ever tell you that story? (laughs) You know
1: what I'm thinking? I don't know if you – have you ever done a podcast just on tree stand stories? I mean – I dude, can't. you and I could probably talk about tree stand stories for forty-five. <laughs> and minutes. we shall Not stop right now. You'll draw
0: uh, Iowa next year, and we shall just move this up a little bit.
1: Craziness, Put it right there. Yeah, craziness. All
0: right, well, I can't do tree stand stories. We're getting off track, dude. We're rat holing. Yeah. So, um, I drink some tequila. You talked about aluminum
1: and then or steel or something along those lines, and and that made me want to talk about the uh, the frames, yeah. right? So the frames yeah. is the frames of a pack. It's it's the I mean it gives it the structure it's a skeleton and
0: plastics out then or um
1: yeah I mean I w- probably won't make it with a bow hook <laughs> aluminum but
0: what dude you could have saved $2 a frame if you would have used that bow hook no, aluminum but that's tough when you're trying to like you want to you want
1: to you want to be in the game but you just don't have the money to play full hey, so you play as best you can
0: and this is full disclosure too you know there's guys out there getting into hunting right now that Barklow knows, and I know, um, if if I had to go buy my stuff, I would have walked into Walmart. I would have, like, bought some Hanes that had some camo on there, and, like, that's all I could do, Yeah, you know? I freaking clean cages at a pet store, dude. (laughs) So I mean, that story. It's not like, yeah, working at a pet store, cleaning gerbil cages and parrot cages out. So it's not like you know, it's not like I had money to be spending on full apex kits. This is stuff where when you have a cool grandparent, you are like, what do you want for Christmas? I want that sick <laughs> pack and just drop it in their lap. And they don't know how much it is. They're just going to be like, oh, I'll get you that. And then all of a sudden they go home and they tell their husband, crap, I should have never told them I'd get them that. They're actually more expensive <laughs> than I thought. <laughs> but that's how you do it, kids. Um, I know full well. Listen, I'm, I'm 43 years old. You know, you're what? 90 uh, <laughs> 50 <laughs> feel like 90 some days <laughs> so hey you and I both have done everything we could to just get out there mm-hmm. and and get in the field right we just we had to go out there you know there's times where I went out and you know I I couldn't buy match great arrows I shot my first tournaments with freaking Double X-78s, swedged ends that I bought oh, yeah. at freaking Kmart. Walmart wasn't even around. So, yeah, I probably sucked for a reason. I was probably shooting, you know, I might as well have went and shot doll rods. <laughs> and I probably would have been as, just as accurate. So, <laughs> these stories, the reason I tell them is because, hey there's a lot of you out there that I know just really want to get into you just want to get into to hunting. We can appreciate that. But there's also times where guys like me and John Barklow and Jonathan Hart, who you know founded Sitka, one of the founders of Sitka, we realized maybe we're sick of plastic pack frames. <laughs> maybe we're tired of snapping buckles off. Maybe we're tired of buying a pack that's, at the time, to me, a Badlands pack, that was an expensive pack. Yeah. And to get out there and I freaking bust a zipper off in the middle of nowhere up in Salmon, Idaho, you know, up there hunting where I'm on a freaking 250 dirt bike trying to buzz up to some canyon that I can then hike up, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, these are all, there. there's levels of things. These are super well thought out you're not cutting any corners but they're made for people to to have for a lifetime yeah i mean th- this isn't a, something that you buy is, every two years yeah that's the difference like you know this is and if someone used it a year and something like that happened hey <laughs> you're not gonna be left in the lurch you know this is you guys back the stuff because yeah, you know people are doing everything yeah, yeah. So,
1: well, you know, and I use it, you use it. I mean, you know, not only do we, does a company stand behind it, but I mean, I'm not going to use it if I don't believe in it. Yeah. I'm not going to make it if yeah. I don't believe in it, you know, just like you. I mean, the products you use, the products that are the products you sell, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's, you, it's important to us, you and know? If I all I of mean sudden I get never had to it? clean a gerbil cage out or a parrot cage to make <laughs> money, but you know, I did a lot of other crazy <laughs> things, but, um, those are, those are some of the fondest memories <laughs> <laughs> when you look back
0: on some of that Dude, stuff. I loved like, it. I remember when you had to paint your own bows if you want a camel on them. But Oh, um, yeah. That's, well, some people still do. Ulmer still paints his. Yeah, he paints everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think he even paints his peep. Yeah, it's cool. I see it.
1: I've noticed. Um, let me get back to the frames. Okay. Not real quick. <laughs> That's the wrong one. Just
0: so you know. If you want a frame, you should grab that Well, one. I'm
1: going to talk about all the – because they're different frames for, for kind of different mm. applications. So – this frame being uh, the day pack, the Mountain 2700, um, that fixed suspension I talked about, really, you know, like I said, no expectation of carrying elk out. But, you know, it, it'll it'll carry 45 pounds That'll pack easily. That'll out any medium game, yeah. without question. Um, but in here, there's two uh, vertical aluminum stays, and then those are connected to what's called a polycarbonate frame sheet. So the frame sheet gives it a little bit of structure, and then the... Uh, the aluminum stays provide a little bit of uh, flexibility but provide yeah. that stiffness when it's loaded so just a really nice kind of medium bodied frame um, when you move up to the to the mountain hauler 4000 so you're not going to be able to see it too good but the frame is actually we anodized it in orange yep um, i can actually separate it here so you can yeah. see a little bit better the frame coming down here but um so this is a you know t6 6061 aluminum uh aluminum frame solid aluminum and it's
0: contoured
1: it, it's contoured for the it's, shape of yep. essentially your lumbar Yep, if you can imagine that yep exactly and so <clears throat> what we did with the hauler series and again those are the ones that you know have that meat carrying capacity is we tried to well we didn't try we did um connect all the critical load bearing components directly to that aluminum frame so I'll kind of talk through that so waist belt uh, shoulder straps um, the antler straps or a portion of the antler straps and then that uh, load sling the meat sling they all directly connect to that aluminum frame and the idea is that by not having a bunch of interfaces with fabric and stitching and things and having more of a direct connection that transfers the load better to the frame and that frame being aluminum and a little bit stiffer that then directs the load onto the the user's you know skeleton like hips back in this case and when you have a really heavy pack or the pack is maybe just moderately heavy but it's flopping around because you haven't maybe tightened all the compression straps is that pack goes to the left as you're going down the trail on an even train. Your body has to go right to counteract those forces. And that really begins to wear you out over time. Um, And when you put a lot of weight on your back, like that is really going to tire you out. It's going to make it really uncomfortable. You know, I mean, you know, hate to keep talking about last year, but... You know, in three well, days, in three I mean, days or two and a half days, we carried three bulls off the mountain, right? <laughs> so, like, it could be a long period of time of hunting, and then all of a sudden, it's like, bam, 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 the ditch digging begins. You know, and yeah. then we went down to Utah, and by the and way, we were really fortunate, and we hauled a bunch
0: of bulls out in a couple of days there. Yeah, and by the way, it's not like, it's not none of the bulls that we carried out in Montana, none of the three were the same no one, no one was like okay this is this is like the long distance path this yeah. it was actually it was a two day what time did me and andy and caleb I came say in 11 ish maybe later yeah. I thought it was at for sure midnight. It might have been maybe. midnight. I mean, because I know we were. I was eating. just up waiting for you to cook me dinner. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> you were up waiting to see if we had more tequila. Because you, <laughs> that that was the sucky part. You were down in the dumps because you had art. You had done a hunt before this. Then you went out for the day by yourself. Had no connection <laughs> with us. Got skunked. You were like you crushed our main tequila bottle, and meanwhile <laughs> we're freaking six miles. How far was it? Did we look? Might
1: not have been six. That's an exact Well, to get to get to that logging road was
0: From camp to that old, spot uh, total. From all. Do you think it was six, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Um so we we ended up getting Andy's Bull right just before dark. And so, you know, I told these guys, I'm like, I've gotta break this thing down. We're gonna get the gonna get the main seal. Away from the quarters. Which gonna, ended up being a good call. Yeah. Pulled all the quarters up in trees. Left hide on. Uh, just because I figured it would be better. We packed everything we could out on trip one. And when we rolled into camp, uh, you know, I, I said, hey, dude, freaking. Well, by the time we were done eating those. Those we ate inside Most loins, delicious little yeah <laughs> we, nuggets you make. Yeah, we mm-hmm. ate loins. Uh, I'm sure it was one o'clock, and then I yeah, said we late. need to be we need to be back at that carcass by daybreak. Mm-hmm. So we all of us. Well, Caleb had a jet. What? No, well, Caleb was there. He was there for that. That he filmed that. that, that one. That's right. Yeah. He was. Um, we all packed back in, and then the three of us came out with the rest of that bowl, and then. <laughs> A day later, I shoot mine at the top Top of the mountain. The (laughs) the top of the mountain, um, which was kind of pleasant. It was a nice little break. And then you shot yours in a shithole. Yeah. Like in a little shithole. So, yeah, we got to experience quite a bit. And then, you know, it just kept going. It kind of kept going from there. I can't say that um, I don't think none of my packs with with rogan were hard um yeah, I, I think mine was
1: a mine was about a mile out
0: which andy's was, were which the was hardest reasonable. yeah
1: yeah andy's was for sure but 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 my point is it's like you know the season's so long but within the span of two weeks we did a lot of hauling of elk mm-hmm. off the mountain yeah. you know and i mean the being in shape thing aside like you want the pack to perform, you 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 don't want to like, oh my god, I got to put this thing back on my body again and haul another elk off, you know? Well, just
0: think of this. It's hard enough to get it when they're loaded, when they're loaded right, like when it comes down to that moment, it's hard enough just to get it on your back. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can fluff it up however you want. But it took me and you to get Andy's pack on his back, mm-hmm. and then it took me to get your pack on your back. Yeah. Um, so if that weight is shifting around because things aren't solid, man, it's a nightmare to have to say, "Hold on, this thing's freaking killing my left hip." It keeps my strap keeps falling off my shoulder. Those different things; those become serious issues
1: um and again if you have more tags in camp you want to go hunt either that day or the next day you want to keep going out yeah you don't want to have to take a couple of days to recover because you feel that's crippled, not happening you know um so th- uh, let me finish frame so this frame has that <laughs> that uh that aircraft grade aluminum uh frame and then the hauler has the same uh aircraft grade aluminum frame it's a little bit different shape it's a little bit it's a little bit wider and a little bit taller just because the pack's bigger, but it also has some fiberglass rods that come down out of the aluminum and kind of wrap around the hip a little bit, um, and that's because the frame's a little wider. Where's that
0: at? I don't think I've seen that part. Yeah,
1: it would be... Um, I'd have to kind of... Is that only them. on the 62? Just on the 62, okay. yeah.
0: And it's carbon?
1: No, it's fiberglass. Okay. Yeah, and I won't go into the pros and cons of fiberglass and carbon, but... Um, yeah but we chose we chose fiberglass for those rods but um well they have more flexibility yeah and they're just overall a little bit more durable for that application um but you know that connection to the frame the frame being a little stiffer you know again trying to build it not not actually for the best case scenario the best case scenario being you hauling an animal off the mountain um if there's too much flexibility in a frame again your body's working to compensate for all that when you hike over uneven terrain if it's too stiff then it just kind of feels like a piece of plywood strapped to your back you know Mm -hmm. and so you try to you you're always trying to seek these happy mediums and uh you know so that that's what we've done but that those direct connections i think um of the critical what i call critical load-bearing components uh, you know i think in our testing um one of the things i did this was years ago with the 6200 is you know i would have i would have guys show up or we would drive out there and i have a bunch of packs in my truck and i'd have different weights but i knew what the weights were but nobody else were but mm. they were anywhere from 60 to maybe not quite 100 pounds 95-ish pounds some, somewhere right in there so legitimate and we would just start walking down the trail and everybody'd have a certain pack on i knew what pack they had We'd walk an hour, we'd switch packs. We'd walk an hour, we'd switch packs. And then we'd come back and be like, you know, and you do this over the course of days, so it's not like the last pack the guy carried when he's tired is, you know, feeling (laughs) the worst. And we're like, okay, which, you know, which one do you feel had the most weight and the less weight? And consistently, um, when the hauler had the most weight in it, it felt like it had less weight. Really? And and other packs, and I won't, you know, name the, the brands, but... Oh, so you're um,
0: saying other packs being other brands, other brands of packs, but not your pack, our, engineered differently, other brands versus
1: your brand. Correct. Okay. Correct. And when our consistently, when our pack had the most weight in it, it felt like it had less weight, and people that That's had awesome. less weight, it felt it felt heavier or okay. it felt more uncomfortable yeah. you know and well that's
0: what i felt dude and 100% it, you know at first i'm like this, this
1: has got to be an anomaly i mean by no means am i a scientist but i'm like <laughs> there's got to be an anomaly like this cannot be now i had i had experienced the same thing which is why i said i think we need to get other people out here eric and i said this and i did this with eric and eric eric had the i didn't even have to say it to him by the end of the day he's like we every hour we'd swap we just had two packs Mm. and one was i distinctly remember this one was 82 82 or 83 in the hauler and then this competitor's pack had 62 20 pounds different right and we're walking and we switch the first hour and then we're ready to switch on the second hour and he's got this look on his face i'm like what's up bro he's like i'll just keep carrying the hauler and i'm like
0: (laughs) no i'm like
1: no but why like I mean, I appreciate you like it, he goes, I just don't think that other pack, I think that there's more weight in that thing. It just doesn't ride as well. And I was like, Truth be told, it's actually lighter. And he goes, Are you kidding me? And so we did this. Oh my A couple gosh. of days in a row and I'm like so I'm like, Okay, so what I was experiencing, he was experiencing, then we got other people to come in, they experienced the same thing. I'm like, Okay, well, you know, clearly the the weight the the transfer of weight to the to the to the body You know is happening it's not just this you know far-flung idea that
0: we have no it's a hundred percent true dude
1: so yeah you know pretty pretty excited you know how they came out they all have different features I mean we can spend a little bit of time maybe on some of the features
0: well yeah we need to I think we either need just based on time we either need to just start with this pack talk about how you packed it for its purpose and break it down um, and then we'll go through all of them because i think you'll hit the features as you roll through each other yeah so the
1: 4000 is the one that i've kind of got kind of dosed up with all the all the stuff in the right places i have a little bit in everything but after yesterday things got a
0: little bit shuffled shuffle, shuffle monkey yeah okay well let's do that then because honestly we'll spend fo- some time the 4000 4, is a is a that's probably going to hit the mass majority. And for those of you listening, if you like what you're getting ready to see with the 4,000 of us breaking down this pack and really talking through it, then make sure you go to the Knock on Archer YouTube channel and just, you know, hit the search button, or you can look through the videos and just find, you know, I don't know what, I, what we're going to call it yet because I haven't put it, but you could do, like, you know, John Dudley... John Barklow, review, mountain hauler, 6,200. Review, Sika mountain hauler, 4,000. Mountain review, Sika, you know, 2,700. You can look up all those. We're going to break it into three videos because they are in-depth. I mean, you know, I know average people's attention span is minimal when it comes to watching videos. These aren't clickbait videos. These are videos of... You're wanting to really do your research about. I want to buy the right pack for me, but I also really want to learn how to properly do this. And that's what these videos are intended for. They're not clickbait, these are educational videos, so they're in depth. You can scrub through them if you want, or you can actually sit down and learn something. Um, but yeah, let's do the. Let's start with the four thousand. Okay. Um, you might as well, yeah. You might as well switch up. I'm gonna go grab us another Kill Cliff, just because I'm, we're out and sounds good. And we've got more time. Um, but yeah, me. why don't you sit down, talk okay. about, all right? Maybe just show the adjustment, like how that should actually adjust to, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of maybe give some little bit of details of you know how that pack is is laid out and we'll go from there so i'm gonna set my headset down folks but yeah look at john barklow oh, go ahead learn something
1: wouldn't be the first time you left me oh okay um yeah so i i have this pack set up for basically a four-day elk hunt out west so archery hunt call it september um kind of got the things that that i would put in here in the places i would put them in um so we'll go through that and kind of unpack this and, and talk about some of the features. Um, you know, John wanted me to talk about the adjustment. So again, for torso adjustment, real easy, you just undo this fastex here in the center. Um, there's a cam lock buckle that you, uh, pop. And then this, this, uh, it's called a shoulder yoke. Like this shoulder yoke just comes up and down. Um, I don't have the time to go into all the things that you'll need to, um, to kind of get exactly fit for this, but I would say when you're doing it, one of the classic mistakes I see is people don't put any weight in a pack um, when they are trying to um, size the pack to them, and then when they do put weight, they're they're disappointed with the fit, so I always recommend at least 30 pounds, no more than 40. Um, but any kind of weight in the pack, just to let it hang on your shoulders and hips the way it would um, when you actually had gear in there. Um, and then we also have, these are called load lifters here. So these load lifters work on a ladder lock system. Um, they come from the factory in the setting that I think most people would use them in. Um, but that actually picks up the, uh, the shoulder strap and, and supports it. Uh, supports the bag to the shoulder strap Um, so that's an adjustment it's kind of a set and forget once you kind of get it set for you Um, again I showed you the the frame here down at the bottom if you wanted to change the waist belt out it's pretty easy Um, on the side of the pack we have these big mesh pockets things that you could put in these mesh pockets are you know water bottles spotty scopes potentially uh on this case in this case i'll jump in yeah in this case i have tripods you know john does a lot of filming as you know so he carries a lot of things i don't traditionally carry um but you know in this case i've got a tripod i just have it uh stuck down between one of the um side compression straps and then just in that pocket so um on the back of the pack (coughs) What you see here when I open up the top lid and One of the
0: things before you get yeah. into the top, I just want to talk about, it actually has a very um, cool ability to put a bow on the back. Um, it doesn't have a drop scabbard, which honestly doesn't even work on um, compound bows now because the cam and limb shape doesn't really fit yeah, any scabbards don't. that are on the market anyway. But uh, it has two straps on there that are... Especially if you use the Sitka Bow Sling, it's really nice because you can strap that riser right on your back and still be able to do. You did a horseback in October last year. You did a horseback ride in, and um, I'm assuming, did you have the four thousand or the 62
1: no i use a 27 because oh, we had did? horses okay so i wasn't gonna pack it too far on my did back did you did you I put brought, it on i brought some four thousands we carried on the horses <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> did you actually um put your bow on the i did 27 the whole time on the horseback ride yep. yeah yeah believe me rate. i needed two hands to hold on <laughs> <laughs> all right well yeah i just thought i'd interrupt and tell everyone that. yeah
1: no great so that's those two horizontal straps that john talked about um what you see here is two big vertical uh, pockets these are great for things like um, rain gear Uh, so in this case i have i have rain gear stuck in in uh in one of the pockets i've got um a small spotter in the other to go with my tripod so things i want quick access to i've actually got um an eight by or a 10 by 12 flash shelter so that's uh for this scenario that's kind of what we let's would be using for our shelter let's actually so,
0: expand on that that's yeah. that's a really really useful uh tool that's it's new this year isn't it yeah the it's, flash it's shelter? yeah
1: it's brand new this year so this is a a 40 denier silicone impregnated nylon shelter um i think calling it a tarp would would do it injustice it's not a it's not just your kind of basic rectangle it's got a Uh, they're called catenary but it's got this nice little shape that allows you to pitch this in a lot of different configurations a frames obviously just a flat tarp um, lean-to kind of things like that you can pitch it with your trekking poles there's pockets for trekking poles Um, this one happens to be 10 by 12 there's another one that's uh, 8 by 10 so for two people 10 by 12 is good great for getting underneath the glass in an afternoon thunderstorm if you're going really light we could you know throw sleeping bags and ground pads underneath it um they are camouflaged so this one is subalpine we also do open country and the really cool thing is that they are they're printed on one side but the material's so thin that it actually printed all the way through oh really? so it's actually double-sided camo um the accessory cord we include is uh is got um, uh, reflective thread in there, so you can find it with your headlamp at night. Those kind of things, and then we went one step further, and we just applied a um, a treatment to the tarp um, to make it, we'll call it flame resistant. So it will catch fire, but it'll go out right away if you happen to get an ember on it from a campfire or something like that. Um, but just a great little shelter. This one weighs a pound and a half. And the eight it's by the eight by ten wears. Uh, uh, sorry, I wanna, weighs. A I want to say
0: that because I. So I've used yeah, it. talk
1: about how you used it last year. I thought that was really really cool.
0: Yeah, I've, I had it in my pack last year, um, and two different times, I used it specifically for uh, field processing. We were both times we were we were definitely an extended range from any type of access. So I had to do a a full breakdown, um, of the elk where we were. Um, so I really, I'm, I'm really particular about, um, when I feel dress and when I do things, um, I really, I've just always been about, you know, even though I can, sorry, I'm juggling around a little bit, but, Even though you can break something down fast in the field, you're still going to spend time later making up for the fact that you cut corners earlier. So I'm just really adamant about if I break down the animal in the field properly... I'm not having to then do that in my kitchen later where I'm showing... Up. And honestly, I feel like my family eats more of what I shoot because I don't show up and throw a big slab of meat in the sink that has pine cones on it, freaking rocks, dirt, whatever else. You know, when it's a real... When you're out there, it's it's dirty. It's gritty. Yeah. Um. So... I've always, typically I've always used my thermal blanket Mm -hmm. as a kind of a spread. I'll spread out a thermal blanket, a survival blanket. I'll spread that out, put rocks out and put it in a, you know, in a huge square. And then I kind of lay all my quarters out to where I can get them all where I need to be. I can see where my cuts are. And honestly, I do it that way so that I can kind of do Tetris in my mind of what's the most efficient ways for me to put all these pieces together based off who's here with me right now, you know, what I might need to string up, what I can pack out. So I just lay everything out. So this, that was really good for me to just be able to lay out on the ground and properly pull my quarters off and have you know luckily i had caleb and andy with me for andy's bowl um but i was able to pull those quarters off and just pick them up without ever touching the ground and lay them on that shelter yeah and it just kept it super clean yeah you know i didn't and i didn't have any loss you know you don't have meat loss so I really like using it for that um, as well. And I mean, obviously you could use it for other things too. Um, You know, if you shaped it right, if you went out for a full day, you could shape it right. And, you know, if you knew there was a big storm coming, you could shape it right and collect water while you're out for the day. You know, if you weren't going to, if you weren't deciding to to battle the elements. So I think it's um, important to not just say it's a flash shelter. I think it's a, a multi-purpose, you know, I think it's a, a multi-purpose, you know, I don't even know what you'd call it, but it definitely tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, and it's, it's serv- not
1: going to stain with blood either. Like we laid all that meat on yep. there, and it just yeah. like literally wiped right off. Is it off. the same?
0: It might even be the same one because I borrowed yours.
1: That's that's just a different one, or maybe
0: I stole yours.
1: <laughs> yeah, you probably. I wasn't going to say it, but you did. Um. So, uh just you know just for the sake of time we have we have some straps here on the bottom a lot of times you can put a, a foam ground pad or something like that you uh, can i've seen people if you want i've seen people put tents yeah my wife wouldn't be super stoked on that um you know top lid top lids removable everyone it, it is and
0: the t- hey those are mine
1: by the way <laughs> you're not taking my dude wipes um hats gloves things like that there's a zippered security pocket that's a great place to carry Um, so in this case, I have a survival kit. I have my first aid kit. Um, you can maybe expand on that a little bit. If you're going to travel, what's your minimalist kit? So this is kind of my minimalist kit. So I have, I always have, uh, several ways to, to do start a fire. Okay. So, you know, there's a windproof lighter, there's a, a Flint and steel. Um, there's some wet tinder. So things to catch the spark and kind of start it. Um, so I have that, I have some water, um, Purification tab, so if I don't have a filter or you know, for some reason I find myself out and I just have a, a bottle, um, I can throw some tabs in there. Um I have um in this case I think I have an insect wipe. Um I have some quick clot, so yeah. some blood clotting thing. If you know, I mean we traditionally bow hunt, but you can still cut yourself pretty good with broadheads. Guys are rifle hunting, who knows? You shoot each other. Um <laughs> I have a, I have a way to signal, so if that does Sorry happen, I can just lay this on top of my body, and the <laughs> helicopter hopefully will find me, or the or the SAR crew. And then I just have some basic, um, some basic uh, That's first what your aid things. So is for yeah, Just exactly. so can find the body. It's just the body. <laughs> um, you know, band-aids, gauze, things like that. Uh, a couple other things I carry in another place. I carry um, like uh, either Luco tape, or I used to carry duct tape for kind of blisters. And also super glue. So, super glue, I've used super glue for blisters. Um, yeah. I've also used super glue for to blisters. like. Blisters. Yeah, I've also. Like once the, they pop, you mean? Yeah, just... to glue down the flapper. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't sting. You'd think it would, but it doesn't. No. Um, but also for small cuts. I mean, actually, I believe i understand right super glue was originally designed for plastic surgery so they didn't have to stitch so you know it's just lots of different uses with uh you know duct tape and super glue. so that's kind of the minimum I and then i super always carry a small fix for uh
0: knife. that guy that broke his wife's china he was trying to <laughs> <laughs> he was trying well that's to what the commercial made you believe <laughs> but yeah
1: um so anyways that that's in the top lid um so th- the top here has a strap um underneath those two big vertical pockets is a big stuff pocket yeah so just a big Full expansion just a big stuff pocket you can put puffy in there you can put rain gear you know in this case we crammed
0: I, a bunch of like trim in there yeah oh yeah, yeah.
1: in this case i have a big five liter uh, water bladder a dromedary water bladder um you know you come out west there's not necessarily uh water everywhere so if if you know if we're heading into a basin and kind of moving towards a camp or something. We come across a good water source. I want to the ability to collect as much water as possible. So, you know, if all of us had one of those, then, you know, you could have a lot of water. If you you can be have 20
0: liters in camp yeah, exactly. overnight
1: if everyone just stops and tops up. Exactly.
0: And you don't have to drop down to to a water source. And we talked about this a lot in, of the, energy. in the film, but we might as well talk about it now. Um, one of the things that I always do as a habit, if If I do stop to collect water, I always put the purification tabs in right then, Mm -hmm. you know, don't come back into camp. You got this water bladder that's full and you kind of throw it out of your bag because you're going to go in and change underwear for the night. And then all of a sudden, you know, your buddy Andy comes out and thinks, oh, there's some camp water and he chugs it down. Next thing you know, he's got the shits and wrecks camp. So, uh. As soon as you collect that water, just take out that, take out your tabs, throw them in there. Because the other thing too, which is important for us to talk about, they're not instantly effective or they're not supposed to be. So, you know, there, there is a time delay there. So if you're collecting water for the purpose of utilizing it, purify it so that you don't like potentially have someone there's been a lot of times where I've had my buddy take his pack off and you're taking like an afternoon nap and you're just like, you know, Hey dude, you got, you know, you got any water? Well, if he's sleeping, I might just be like, I'm out of water. See if he's got any. And if I saw that, you know, you might just take a chug out of it and it's not Yeah. Ready. I think
1: that's a really good tip. Yeah. I mean, traditionally it's like, you know, four hours is, uh, you know, to be, to be completely safe with water temp and things like that um so top of the pack i kind of when i open it up the first thing and it's I mean, got
0: a it's got a drawstring top let so, let so it's to side compression straps it's got a pretty much a full dump top with uh with the drawstring
1: so the, the first thing i'm going to pull out is is a puffy jacket yep um we already have the shelter if i'm running a tent i'll have the tent on the top right under the puffy jacket because um, you're going to pack in reverse let's yeah if i that. if i stop and it's cool then i'm going to put that puffy jacket on kind of start to warm up well as i set up camp um yep. the next thing you well, know i've talk, got I go mean,
0: ahead i'm going to go into detail just yep. because now's the time for us to do it so this is a kelvin light hoodie yep. some people don't you know some people are still trying to figure out what's what what's the purpose so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep making you expand on things so you on top of the tent, Barclow would have, you know, essentially on the top of the pack or on the, let's just say on the full exterior perimeter of the pack, it it would be things that you want to access or that you're most likely to access, but um, you want to be able to Everything that's on your hip, you want access without removal of the pack. Kind of on the go, yeah. If you stop and you you know and you see water, you might stop, take your pack off. It might be easy for you to go into that expansion pack, get that bladder, and then if you fill it, you can put it back into the expansion pack, and it's going to take it mm-hmm. because right. it expands. Right. Okay. Um, rain gear, obviously, if it starts raining, you're going to throw your pack off quick. Outside zippers, zip, zip. You got pants, you got those, so. You know, that's kind of why he set it up that way. Um, and essentially, you got a tripod, you got a spotter, also external. You're going to stop and spot probably just as likely as you are to have to stop and put on rain gear if you see rain mm-hmm. in the forecast. So now that he's opened the main compartment, which essentially would be probably the hardest to get to because you're having to now open up the top lid You're having to remove the drawstring and, you know, he's pulling out right now, you know, a puffy jacket, which would be used for, you know, if you, for example, if you were on a moose hunt, you know, you hunt till dark, as soon as the dark, you know, as soon as that inversion flips, it's cold, you've been sitting all day. You know, you need some heat, so you're gonna put this jacket on. If by chance you're getting to your destination and now it's night and you need or evening and you're having to start to set up for camp, mm-hmm. which is what you're gonna, why you said the tent would be underneath that. You're gonna put this, you know, this puffy jacket on there, uh, which isn't a full down. This is Primaloft. It's a synthetic, yeah, Primaloft. So, synthetic. so um, you know, he's got this on top, and for those people who ask, like, what what is the jacket? What is the model number? Because honestly, one of the most confusing things about Sitka is the catalog is like it doesn't decipher to the average person. Mm-hmm how the system works um but this is the kelvin light hoodie this is what you would recommend
1: yeah i think for for september elcon on average like it's like the go-to for me it's for like evening. the most versatile yeah yeah it's the most versatile loft jacket we make
0: it does have some wind you it does have it a will little... block
1: wind with the nylon shell yeah it doesn't have a wind stopper in it necessarily but it'll it will block
0: wind. Yeah, yeah i would say it's 80 yeah fair yeah fair to say um but this is a this is a really universal piece this is a piece that I utilize a lot on spring like my spring hunts up in yeah. BC where we're taking boat rides from location a back to camp which is very remote we're having to ride on the boat um I'm not like in a, in a fully open boat where I'm taking full wind but I'm definitely taking, circulation of air yeah this is a really good piece if i was taking if i was taking full wind i would just go to my rain suit is that a good oh yeah yeah for sure yeah um yeah so if you're somewhere and you're like you know what i feel like i don't want to just get chilled to the bone on the way back to camp you know you might take out that external full Gore-Tex shell and put that over you and you're not going to have any wind penetration at all, right?
1: And if you get wet, you're not going to get wet, if, right? If there's water, you're not going to get wet. right. Yeah. Okay. Now you may proceed. Yeah. Thank you. So, <laughs> um, underneath that, you can put them a couple different places. I've got you know five game bags to to bring an elk out. Um, it, at this point in time, I'm not going to come in from the top anymore. So, for maybe the folks that aren't listening there's a giant U-shaped zipper on the back of this pack that yep. kind of goes around the two big vertical pockets. So now I'm gonna open up that and this is what we call a panel loader. So you open up that and now you have access, complete access to the inside of the pack. To 90%. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's really convenient this way to, you know, unload the pack, to load the pack up, um, you know, in the videos when we show how to load meat, like it's super convenient. Um, first thing you see on the back panel, big mesh pocket. This is a three-liter bladder. Uh, this is at, the, this is on at the,
0: the back, the back wall of the pack, which yeah. would essentially be directly against your back. Your back.
1: Yep. So that that's a bladder. You know, some folks like to run uh, bottles. You'll see on the flap, uh, giant. Zippered pocket, really for you know any kind of organization. I happen to have a inflatable ground where the, pad.
0: Where the horseshoe, where you undo the horseshoe zip, that whole flap will flip down to where essentially now it's flipped down onto the ground. Yeah. On the inside of that, there's a mesh zipper that runs the entire length of that flap, and when you unzip that, that is where Barlow stores his inflatable pad yeah for and and sleeping. that's just an example like i said there's, there's lots of ways um i think for this application i think for people that are looking for that you know one two day pack in mm-hmm. i think it's important that you talk about you know i'm gonna make you talk about it so let's show show that talk about the brand you like it's important
1: yeah so this is a thermal rest um thermo rest um Neo Air. There's a couple different versions of the Thermarest Neo Air. There's ones that are you know super lightweight. There's ones that have kind of a space blanket material for colder weather. Um, you know, overall, they're going to be any inflatable pad's going to be warmer than just a closed cell foam pad. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you can trap that that kind of dead air, so to speak, it's yeah. going to be warmer. It's also going to be more comfortable. Like my hips start getting sore out there sleeping on the ground so to me it's really important um, to have an inflatable pad but you also have to understand that when you have an inflatable pad that the weak point is if you pop it either have to have a way to patch it which i recommend <laughs> but you also have to go well i might not be able to patch it which yeah. in 20 almost 30 years of doing this i've had one pad um, and it wasn't too too bad um, but I'm a big fan of the inflatable pad. Sometimes I'll carry a small piece of just closed cell foam mm-hmm. on the outside of the pack just to sit down on. Like, if I'm in a glass for a while,
0: yeah, I don't like want to subject this to, I used you to know, getting
1: ground that. down. So I'll sit on a little, you know, some guys bring gardener pads, or but I bring a little closed cell foam pad. 10 by 12 yeah, closed something cell something like pad. that. And
0: actually, I always mounted that right here. So that's
1: where I would carry it too. Yeah, uh, On exactly. the bottom of
0: the pack... Um, on the very bottom of the pack, there's two straps. And a lot of people wonder, you know, what's the application of that pack? For me, that was always ground pad. And it was always, if I was going somewhere where I felt like at some point in time, well, like for, for example, whitetail, I use this this strap on the mm-hmm. bottom of the pack a lot because I know I can't wear all my outer, I can't wear any of my outer wear because I'm I'm mobile. So I'm like making heat going to that, to that stop. But mm-hmm. once I get to that stop, I'll stay there and to the point where I just start to feel like I'm getting a little chilled and then I'll reach, I can reach this normally and pop those to where I can drop that outer thing on to where I can put mm-hmm. on like my outer jacket. Mm-hmm. So for me, I probably would be more likely like, Say I did an evening hunt and I took... Or say I was doing a a full day hunt. I hunted elk, took a nap, elk start to move. You know, I probably... By that point, if I took a nap, I probably have some stuff spread out on the ground. Probably have a spotting scope up and I go to repack my pack. If I know if it's been getting cold, I would normally take this Kelvin light and I probably would have already put it on the outside. Mm Mm-hmm. where i was able to just drop it and grab it or just pull it hard enough to get it out of there Um, otherwise my my seat pad would also be on these bottoms because these are two buckles that we never talked about in the video so i think it's important to say like you know external layers to where if you're going somewhere and you're going to stop and sit down If you're packing your bag specifically each day, like for example, if you go to a camp, you unpack this whole thing, how, you know, we have to backtrack because obviously is unpacking it now, like he just arrived at camp. Let's say we've arrived at camp, we've unpacked our tent, we've unpacked our quick shelter, if we use it at that point in time, you know, and now we're kind of to the point where 50% of our pack is empty and we go out. I think it's important to say, you know, if you know that it's going to be raining, like it almost might be, you could put that there. Mm -hmm. Or if you know, Hey, it's freaking freezing right now, I'm leaving camp, but I'm packing to the top of this hill. And then I'm going to start glassing and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to start glassing. You could actually put, if you had what you have in your 6,200, this is where I'd have my puffy right now so that I could just pop these exterior um things on the bottom of the pack i could put my puffies on and then i could grab my spotting scope and my spotter and i could sit sit back and and i don't even have to like my pack could be on the ground but it's not fully open and like where i'm like digging through it in the dark
1: yeah 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 i mean just lots of options right and that that's What you really want to kind of build into these things is the ability for people to fine-tune their system Mm -hmm. is what i like to call it um so i'm a really big proponent of waterproofing internally to a pack yeah that was cool i I learned that you know i think part of that is living in alaska um part of that is spending a lot of nights wet and cold um but what i have here in the bottom of the pack is i have a sitka dry bag and so it's a roll top lightweight dry bag um, I put critical things in there that I, I either don't want to get wet um, and or I know that when I pull them out, it's going to be kind of at the end of the day when I'm in a camp kind of situation. So, again, everybody does it a little different. But, you know, you pull that dry bag out. Um, it's like a Santa Claus bag. Yeah, it's it's kind of a roll top. And, you know, I'll pull, I'll pull a few things out. But, you know, some things that that, that I personally put in here – is, you know, this is my food bag, so I like to have a bag that that has all the food in there. I can put all the uh, the trash back in there, uh, freeze dried meals, you know, breakfast, dinners, which, whatever which the case may this? be. Um, this is actually a Gore Tex dry sack
0: from the Kelvin down hoodie. <laughs> I like
1: <laughs> um, it. Yeah. But that's I re- important because I repurposed you purposed it
0: you could pack in, honestly, you know, you could you could take your you could take that exact piece pack it on the bottom or stuff it in one of those rear pockets and then you can repurpose the bag yeah because it
1: is it is gore-tex okay um, which is crazy but that's what we do (laughs) um so that's my food um some other things that i may have is you know i've got uh i've got a stove i've got fuel i've got a lighter i've got my spoon so those kind of things we may choose to bring you know, if we're going out together, we may choose to bring two of these small stoves. I know you're a big fan of cooking they'll, coffee they'll in the middle one. of the day. There'll be one. Um, but I would pack this different if this was the only one because I know that, you know, my partner wants to have coffee at lunch. So we, I would
0: pack it in a more accessible spot, yeah. maybe
1: in the external vertical pockets. Yeah,
0: well, that's the one thing I didn't say. I was kind of biting my tongue. But the external uh, vertical pockets, they're actually perfect for um, – like my Yeti, if you have a bigger one, it's like perfect for that to access. Even if you know it's if you put water in it, it's good for that. But I'm a very very big proponent of hot liquids in my in like a Yeti. I'm I'm huge on that, especially as a whitetail hunter. Uh, the one things that I'll do is either have a full thing of Super hot coffee. I make coffee like hotter than what I want it mm-hmm. in the morning, and I kind of save that for like noon or later, um, or soups. Like yeah. if yeah, you know, to to take like a soup and get it like boiling hot, pour it in there, seal it up. You know, you could do that if you were someone who wasn't really a proponent of breakfast at camp, but you like I'm a very big proponent of elk naps. I love taking naps like between one and three o'clock in the elk woods with a backpack under my head on a slight downslope. Like there's no better nap for me all year long. Um, but what I'll do a lot of times, if I skip breakfast, I'll have some type of a snack bar on my right pocket and I'll eat that normally during the morning hunt. But once it slows down And I kind of sit down, take my backpack off. I normally found a downslope. I'll kind of sit back, put my pack under my head. I'll normally pull one of these out. And that's kind of the time where, you know, I'll have some of that. Or if it's the hot coffee version, not Mm -hmm. the warm soup version. um, If I'm in the whitetail woods, I go in in the dark. I come out in the dark. Normally, my coldest part of the day is during the right before the inversion in the morning when it's like yeah. just cracking yeah. daylight, like daylight hits the horizon, and you're just sitting there waiting for the day to begin, and you're like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, right now, there's no colder air that's going to hit me. That's normally the time where I'll have some coffee. Um, you know, I'll have, I'll kind of have a full lid of coffee then. And then, you know, I'll kind of save it till around lunchtime and yeah. have it again. Um, but I think I think it's important to say, you know, that's a good way to to think about that stuff as well.
1: Yeah. And, and so, you know, the last two things that I kind of have in here is um, I have some extra socks. So mm-hmm. I always bring uh, one pair for every um, three days. So if I have two pairs, I can rotate them in three days. If I go five days, I bring an extra set. Um, I want to keep those dry. And then the other thing is my sleeping bag. So I want to keep my sleeping bag dry. If if I'm not wearing a base layer bottom at the time, it, let's say it's warm that day that I hike in, I will always bring the base layer bottom, uh, like a core lightweight bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, if, if I'm wearing it, then I won't bring any extra. I, I, I ch- personally choose
0: not to bring any extra base layers. I wear um, the core, the core light. I wear every day. Yeah, and I think everybody should. I mean, every single yeah. day. I might if I'm going somewhere, I can normally go I bet I could probably go 3 days on those as long as I don't like if I'm deep into deboning something out or doing a whole bunch of elk, um I feel like I might need them sooner, but otherwise um I can maybe go four days, but that's the one thing I don't leave without is the core light.
1: No, because, you know, it, it's it's foundational to every sick system. Yeah. is like what I like to say. And um, it just makes everything else function so much better.
0: And just to say it too, I'm a very big proponent of wool. I love, I love wool a hundred percent, but dude, the core light, has completely opened my eyes to the purpose of that and its function at layer one yeah it's mandatory yeah you know like core light is mandatory one hex is two anything else is over that if if we're going to come out and
1: whitetail hunt you know at some point i'm a big proponent of wool for whitetail because it it does help mitigate some stink and i'm not normally walking as far
0: it's on top of my core though yeah
1: but the the core synthetic i think that is your foundational layer next to your skin is absolutely foundational to everything that we do. Mm-hmm. It's it's how we do it. It's in our DNA. We build systems, and yeah. that is the foundation of the system. So
0: last you have the sleeping bag in there. Yep. Quick recap on the waterproof bag that he has inside. Uh, sleeping bag. Pretty much your essential sleeping bag, food, socks, any an extra base layer that you may have or in my case, camera gear yep. would probably go there. Um, and once you get back to camp and you unpack those things, do you normally repack them during the day when you're gone? Would you repack your sleeping bag and stuff in, a, in this?
1: I normally use this as kind of a way to or – I'm kind of that way. I like just use it as a way to collect all my belongings and put them in there. Okay. Um, even if I have my tent set up. Okay. And then I'll just kind of lay them back out again because – you know, yeah, it's amazing how things disappear, but you know, certainly certainly don't have to do it. Well, but you're you navy, know, so it's like, make, yeah, make know. your bed, yeah, yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, or if there's any condensation, I just, you know, sleeping bags, socks like those are things you want to stay dry. Mm-hmm. Um, that just makes your life so much more. I enjoyable. always
0: carry one of these with me, or even that, even that pack. Um,
1: the little approach pack, the
0: approach pack yeah. is awesome. For, and I use that for Andy's. When we got to where we were going and we shot Andy's bull. Yeah, you said you put your kill kit in there, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I put I put inside of that pack, I put my knives, gloves, um, sharpener. I kind of put all the things that I need specifically for moment of kill, and yeah. I'm starting my whole field dressing process. Um, I guess just to go back, a couple things that I put in there, just because we are talking about it. I also have um, I have four one-foot-long pieces of paracord with loops mm-hmm. tied on both ends. You've seen, yeah. you seen that. Um, because for the four quarters, whenever I've killed something, I'm always able to pack out prime cuts. So what I did was we killed that bull just before dark. I opened up that kit. Um, I was able to you know remove the insides and then pulled the four quarters took those paracords one foot with loops you know one foot between loops, p- took those looped them around each of the heels, pulled them up, up high, yeah. hung them both um, left hide on just for cleanliness um, then what I did was I took that bag that I used and I and I put, everything all the cuts that i removed i put in that bag to take out kept it super clean didn't absorb blood well we yep. ate it that, yeah. well, that, that night, night yeah. that night we ate one of the loins yeah. um from that cut so i was able to do that put my knives back in uh my backpack just regular and we packed out everything we could and then uh came back you know crack of daylight the next morning to kind of start in on full deboning and everything to pull out. Yeah. Um, But these are, these are really good for as packable as they are. They're good to always have in your pack. I
1: always have one in my pack. Yeah. If you,
0: if you keep this back at camp, which I personally didn't, but if you did keep this back at camp, I would definitely have an extra one just to have. Yeah. They're super lightweight, super, super small in your pack. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, well, Got you're getting – Jammed to the airport. You're seven minutes out, yeah. bro, from – I mean, it's yeah. not like you're going to – it's not like there's going to be a long line here in Iowa.
1: Well, but, this has been fantastic. I mean, the ability I mean a half I used, a bottle in. I dude, used to do this, slow. you know, for uh, – for a career. I used to have an 8-hour class that that basically covered this. So boring. Yeah, no, it's actually quite <laughs> I, 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 I always I always thought it was quite enthralling, but uh no, it would have but been. Uh, I didn't get to drink when I was doing it, which would have made it more entertaining. Why? But, um, uh, you know, protocol. But uh
0: see if Joe Rogan was around back then it would be allowed like i, need, I needed getting, joe
1: rogan as a commanding officer to, that's
0: a cool part is like if you have a boss that listens to joe rogan and then he tries dropping some rule on you like you can't drink during that seminar you'd be like isn't that a double standard because you think joe's cool he drinks during his work every well he might not drink every day but he he does something that slightly and yeah slightly alters alters his alters side. the mind mm-hmm. So this is our fashion. Yeah. we're. I mean, we did pretty good. Uh, we did not. We didn't do bad. Two-thirds. I mean, the,
1: the viewers have been able to watch it just like slowly <laughs> shrink. They're like, God, <laughs> my God. Two-thirds. Two um, is this anyway? I mean, it is like 9 o'clock in the morning. Anejo. What's Anejo mean? <laughs> it means it's the best. It's oh, good. okay. Yeah.
0: Well. Top shelf. Two-thirds of a bottle of Anejo. Yeah. Four Kill Cliffs. We did uh, two limes and two blood oranges. I go like. Two thirds lime. I kind of like that mix. It's really isn't good. it? Yeah. You just throw that little hint of orange. Yeah. That's like, well, if Andy was around, which right now I'm glad he's not because his <laughs> podcast would have got stupid. Um, he'll roll in with tequila shots and he'll do uh, shaken with an orange. Oh, really? Is that, is that what he does? I think he does. An orange or lime. No, I think an orange. Yeah, it is an orange. He'll do, freaking silver. I think. Yeah, he. Yeah, He'll I'm do, more of the brown. He, he does a guy. he does a triple of silver shaken with an orange, straight up.
1: It's delightful. Yeah, it's, it's a del- great way to start. It's your delightful
0: day. till you're there for thirty minutes. That's the problem. Then. Yeah. Then you're fully committed <laughs> to being his friend for life. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, everybody. Um appreciate the heck out of you make sure you watch the video series that we did on the packs if you're interested if you're like hey man i uh i take my little backpack from school and go in with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and i'm good then you're not our guy but if you're someone who's getting out there getting after it then i think this was super educational and Dude, yeah appreciate the opportunity you, man you know i love you yeah you too you're awesome and man it sucks that we can't do another podcast you guys need to change your flight we need <laughs> to do another podcast just talking archery because oh, we've been shooting for a few days we have we have we jay's got to... a lot to say too yep can yeah. you change flights jay <laughs> <laughs> well he are you married you are that would be the reason. <laughs> i've been there yeah <laughs> i won't hold it against you all right everybody knock on be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com.